Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Okay, today I have Nina Tulio with me. I am super excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining me, Nina. Of course. I am so excited to be here and really excited to kind of chat with you and kind of meet you over podcast world. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's funny how we do this now, hey? We kind (laughs) of are all connecting virtually, which has been a blessing, actually. But it's a shame that it took something like COVID for it to happen. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, So I would love to hear a little bit, you're the best person to describe what it is that you do now. So what it is that I do now is I'm very fortunate that I get to do what I love every single day with amazing people, stylists, salon owners. Uh, So basically what I do is I work with and coach salon owners and hairstylists on how to grow a successful, sustainable business, but also how to build their confidence too. So yes, we focus on numbers and profit margins and KPIs and all of the things, but I also feel that in order for you to do that successfully, you have to work on self first. So there is a lot of coaching and teaching that I do with personal growth and personal development to kind of counteract the two so you can reach the highest point of success. And you know, you define your own success, You know, whatever that means for you. I love that. I think it's really healthy that um, people like yourself who focus on business and growing your business are also focusing on that aspect of growth and development. So I think it's really great that you're doing that. Yes. And yeah, I think it goes hand in hand. I mean, we really, we're in a very emotional business. Uh, We are very emotional people in terms of how we're interacting and helping and nurturing others that we have to also make sure that we're nurturing ourselves. So I really think it's important to be, uh, you know, to be mindful of that. Yeah. You know, I've been saying forever that um, hairstylists are different. Like we're different than just, it's a very unique industry. And I think Mm -hmm. we as hairstylists are very unique. And so I love the fact that we're now seeing so much more education that is really tailored to the way that hairstylists think and feel and do business. Mm. Yes. So important. And I think COVID really helped with that because I think it allowed everyone to strip down and stop trying to be so perfect, especially showing up on Instagram, right? Stop trying Mm -hmm. to be so perfect and just being authentic and being transparent and vulnerable. It's very important for us to you know, show that side to us because that's where the real magic happens and the true connectivity comes in. And, you know, I've been talking about this and I learned this from my mentor when I was in my early twenties and it makes way more sense to me now than it did back then. But this business is only 20% about hair. The other 80% is about the way you treat people and the way that you make them feel. And if you can master that and be kind and compassionate and empathetic and really relate to people on a more, on a deeper level, 
the you know the likelihood of you growing your business and and doing great things and and living the life that you truly deserve is so much it's right in front of you you know yes you have to do great hair but the relationship factor is way way more important absolutely and it's so interesting that you say that and i completely agree because i also do one-on-one coaching like more related to um how people show up on instagram and branding Mm -hmm. and all that kind of side of things but i do find first the first thing that I've that we usually address in every single one-on-one client I've had is that mindset shift of not being scared to show up as you are anymore because I think like exactly what you said is right about how COVID has kind of changed things. We didn't get that one-to-one interaction every day. So I feel like people began to crave it and crave that connection more. So the best way to kind of create that with your audience and with your potential clients is to create that authentic content that really shows them who you are and being vulnerable. So I totally agree. 1000%. And it's so, so true. And I think the more, you know, I think people are realizing it more now than ever, uh, that we don't live in a perfect world. And the more realistic and true to yourself that you are, the more you're going to attract the clients that you truly want to spend time with. You know, um, I'm a big believer in we attract who we are. And so show up as yourself, you know, and you're going to find that you, of course, you have to know who your perfect target client is too. But the more that you just show up as you, the more that you're going to find that you will attract the people that you absolutely love spending time with in your chair. Yes, totally. And there is, I I know that feeling of being, because you are a hairstylist too. We'll talk about that in a second. But that when you get that client in your chair, that after your appointment, you're just like, how do I get paid to do this for a living? Like Mm -hmm. it just fills your cup so much because of that connection that you build with them. And I think exactly what you said is true. If you focus on showing up as who you are, you're going to attract nothing but those clients into your life, which is going to make your job so much easier and more fulfilling. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how you got into, I know you've been in the industry for a long time, but how did you actually get started in the beauty industry? So yes, I know every time I tell people that I've been in the industry for 24 years, they're like, what? And I'm like, what? Because it's like, so I feel like a fossil, you know what I mean? Like I've been in this business for so, <laughs> I've been in this business for so long. Um, and so fortunate that I get to do what I absolutely love. And so I was a hairstylist for 20 years. I also owned a salon in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. I owned that for 11 years. That was a commission salon. And how I got started was honestly just I went to Votech. I went to my Votech school. I went to Liberty High School and I went to Votech. I was the first person to sign up for my vocational class. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this is what I wanted to do because the alternative was, and this is so opposite ends of the spectrum, but I remember telling my mom, I either want to be a hairstylist or I want to be a marine biologist. And she was wow. like, okay, I just, cause I, I wanted to work at SeaWorld and like, this is when I was younger. I wanted to work at SeaWorld and be a dolphin trainer. And so yeah. She said, okay, I'm going to just tell you right now, you're going to have to go to college and you're going to have to share a room and a bathroom with like four or five other girls. And I was like, what? 
I have to go to school for four years because I was definitely not a school person. I just did the bare minimum just to get by um, in school, but in vocational school with cosmetology, I really showed up and applied myself and I did very, very well because it was something that I was interested in. So that's all she had to say is go to college for four years, share a room with girls in a bathroom because I'm a germaphobe. So that was already started when I was younger. So I was like, er, we're going to go to cosmetology that school. That would be hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and that's how I got started. And from there, you know, I just went to beauty school in, in Votech. And then I had to finish about 250 hours at a private school in Allentown. And then I got a job and I was working at a really small salon and just kind of moved up from there. But I went and served in all facets. So Yes, I was a hairstylist and I was a salon owner, but I also worked for a chain salon and I was a stylist for the chain salon. I was a manager for the chain salon and then I became their district manager. So I managed eight locations and I had 55 employees and about eight direct reports. So I worked in that area too. So um, I just kind of... I had, I was so blessed to have the best mentors and, um, one has since passed, you know, just a few months ago, but, um, they've been my mentors now almost 25 years. And I'm very blessed and fortunate that I was just able to share part of their mind. I mean, they were so generous in sharing everything that they learned about this industry and business. And I got to spend eight years with them, you know, working side by side. So it's been a whirlwind. You know, then I decided to sell my business because it was time. My business was doing very well. I knew that I wanted to travel the country and educate stylists just on business. And it was my time. You know, I had to listen to myself. I was getting tired. I worked nonstop 365 days a year as an owner. And it was just time for me to do my own thing. So I sold my business back in 2016, started one end agency. And here we are three and a half years later. Wow. So what did that look like when you made that leap? Because that must have been scary. From selling my business, you mean? Yeah. From se- from selling the salon to creating your agency. It, it was very scary. It was very overwhelming um, because not only was I trying to you know, grow and start this new business, but I also had to mourn the loss of my salon. And you know, my team, which of course I'm still in contact with them very often, you know, to this day, but not seeing them every day and working next to them every day. And then, you know, my clients, although I stopped doing hair about a year before I sold my business, it was intentional, but I had to mourn the loss of my business because I lost myself. I lost my identity. And so we moved to Connecticut for my husband's job, sold my business, left my family, started one an agency and was mourning this loss all at the same time. It was very, very overwhelming. And there were like probably the first six months or so, even eight months, I was like, am I doing the right thing? It was really hard. The first two years for me, just like any business, it was incredibly tough. And there were many times that I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. And my husband would always step in. And this is really important too, you know, for people who are listening, if you ever feel like quitting, just know that you're not alone in that because there are people who are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, obviously in our industry that feel that as hairstylists and salon owners every day. But my husband always steps in and he just says this one thing to me. And he said, Nina, This is the time right now when push comes to shove and things get difficult that most people quit and you're not most people. So this is where the 1% strive above and beyond. This is the 1% that makes it. 
And I'm like, done, done. That's like all I needed to hear. Right. Because it's so true. It's like, you know, you think about how hard you work and it's in those, the roughest times where you see the biggest sunshine on the other side of that. So we just have to push through. We just have to push through. So yeah, it was very, very difficult, but so glad that I did it. I definitely don't look back. That is, that's really inspiring actually. And I think that I think that's the hardest thing when people think about making big moves and big shifts. Like even if something isn't serving you anymore or you know it's time, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be easy. Like Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the time we think like, you know, even about living intuitively and figuring out what the best thing to do is, that doesn't mean that letting go of something is ever going to be easy, but that also doesn't mean that it's a bad decision. Right. Oh my God. You're so right about that. And I think it is, it's understanding that with loss, you know, comes greatness. And sometimes we do have to let go of those things that have been really great for us in order for us to, to get to something even better or greater, or, you know, change the environment that we're in or the people we're surrounding ourselves with, or, you know, whatever your future and greatness looks like to you, you know, we have to define that on our own. And you're so right about that. And I just, I really feel that, you know, I think it's important for us to constantly evolve and grow and change, you know, as humans, you know, not just in the industry, but as humans. Absolutely. And I think it's another thing that's really unique about hairstylists and people in the beauty industry that I think it's hard sometimes for for people who aren't in it to relate to mm-hmm. is um, I know a lot of my friends who have, you know, more corporate jobs are like, they, they really can leave that work at home mm-hmm. or at work, I mean, sorry, and not bring it home so much. Whereas I feel like as creatives and as like passionate um, people, you, you need that level of obsession with your job, I think, to be successful in this industry <laughs> um, because it really does need to kind of be something that you are, you know, really, really passionate about in order to, to make it work. Cause it's not one of those things that you can show up and, and half-ass. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that. And I think it's important to have a partner and a significant other that truly understands that because this business, especially if you're just getting into it, like the first three years, it's hustle and grind nonstop showing up, going in early, staying late on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is another part-time full-time job, handing totally. out cards, doing referral programs. Like you have to eat, sleep and breathe this business. And it's so important for people to understand that are around you that, yes, I may be working around the clock, but I'm putting my time in so I can rest a little bit later, you know? Yes. And I even found that pivoting into, um, online business now, I even found that I'm right back in this space, in that space, but it doesn't feel as much like work um, Mm because I'm older and, you know, you have more responsibilities, but I do totally feel that I'm like all hours I'm thinking about it, thinking about how I can better serve people, thinking about how I can make, you know, so it's, it, but it's not necessarily, it's funny. Like we talk about work, work-life balance. It's almost like a work-life blend <laughs> for me at right? least. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? I so agree with that because I'm so bad at having work-life balance. I don't have work-life balance. I typically don't preach to that because I really try to talk about and preach to things that I 
can do and understand. And yes, I'm all about having boundaries. And I share that in my courses about scheduling and all of the things. Mm-hmm. But there is a time that you're going to have to ramp it up and you will be working around the clock. And then there'll be times where you can maybe ease up a little bit and really just sit and be present and not have to focus on work so much. You yeah. know, there really is ebbs and flows to it. And I think it's finding out what works best for you. I think with with us being solopreneurs and really thinking, you know, forward thinking about our businesses as salon owners and hairstylists, it never shuts off. You know, you're constantly thinking, like you said, it's thinking about it all the time. How can we serve? How can we be better? Like mm-hmm. I wake up first thing in the morning and I'm like, like all of a sudden, like everything's like, okay, what am I going to do today? How can I do this better? How can I tweak? So it doesn't ever really stop. I mean, we almost have to force ourselves to be like, hold on a minute. I need totally. a break. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I found, I find sometimes too, that like when I, when I try too hard to chase that, you know, quote balance, it almost feels like another stress. Like it feels right. like another job. <laughs> and so I, I think it's like tr- kind of figuring out what the best workflow for you is. And for me, it's like work nonstop when I'm feeling inspired and then take complete breaks. Um, Mm -hmm. and even during breaks, I find myself constantly making notes, but I think it's like finding what works best for you and accepting your workflow instead of trying to fight against it. Ooh, I love that. Absolutely. Um, so one thing that I had just shared with you just before we started recording was that I had read something on your Instagram. Uh, I believe it was a few weeks ago. And I just thought it was so good that I really wanted to touch on that today in the podcast. And that it actually kind of relates to what we're talking about, shifting and, you know, making changes in your business. And Mm -hmm. the post was about how before, you know, the lockdown and salons were shut down and everything, I think a lot of us were getting into double booking, triple booking, and just packing in as many clients as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're not really able to do that so much. And I, you even uh, mentioned something about like when we're packing people in, it can be devaluing the guest experience Mm -hmm. and people do not want to feel like they're on an assembly line. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was such, so true and such a, amazing way of putting it. So I wanted to ask you uh, if we could chat about that a little bit about, you know, making that client experience really special and adding value. Absolutely. So yes, I remember the post now and it was the pack them in, squeeze them in. Yes. um, Like all of the terms that clients do not want to hear. And actually that was a post that I shared before COVID even happened. I shared that in in, um, February and I reshared it because I wanted to bring it back up. Mm -hmm. And because I already was mentioning in January and February, and I remember having specific conversations with some of my coaching salons that we need to slow down. Now I didn't expect it to go this way, like with COVID, you know what I mean? That was like halt, like a total halt. Um, but I was saying we need to slow down. Clients don't want to feel like they're being jammed in and squeezed in and packed in. Now, obviously, if it's like really quickly or a bang trim or something where you're like, oh, yeah, I can squeeze you in. Yes, but not a full service because what happens is, is 
And here's the thing. I'm not opposed to double booking. Like I never was, you know, we weren't real big on double booking in my salon. We actually didn't even have assistants till year seven. I've never okay. had my own assistant by myself, like my own assistant. Um, that's just kind of how we worked in the salon. And then when we did get assistance is when we really started to double book because if you double book, I'm cool with it as long as it doesn't devalue the guest experience. So if you can provide the same guest experience, whether you're single booking or double booking, then do it. But we have yeah. to make sure that we're not taking away anything from the guest experience in just so we can double book and make more money. Um, and I think with COVID and you know people working at half capacity or even 25%, depending on where you are, it's really showing people that we don't have to work and double book and some even triple book because clients even before COVID were really over that whole scenario of being shuffled around and being like put in a chair, you know, banged in and banged out. Like that's not what they're really looking for. And Mm -hmm. so COVID has made a lot of hairstylists, so many hairstylists that reach out to me say, you know what, I'm going to reevaluate the way I run my business. I'm going to check out what you're Nina, what you're doing, Nina, your price per minute. Cause you talk about that all the time and I'm going to see what I'm charging and I'm going to have a price increase and I'm going to look at my schedule and I'm going to say, you know, I don't have to work six days a week. If I increase my prices to where they should be, then I only have to work four days a week. You know, it's different for everyone, but this has forced stylists to really look within. And I think a lot of stylists are really honestly got over, they're over like bending over backwards in a way where they feel like they are truly physically and mentally exhausted and still not making enough to pay their bills. Like really over that over COVID. And so that's why I was like, yes, let's do this. Let's talk about scheduling. Let's talk about pricing. Let's talk about pre-booking. Let's talk about how we can add value to the guest experience. So when you have a price increase, no one is going to even care about it, you know? Um, and it's just really, it's focusing on the details and it's honestly, it's really will be willing to do things that other stylists may not be willing to do with your guest experience. Yeah. And I think that's, it. it's so interesting because I think it's maybe part of that like fading old school mentality that the only way to be successful in the hair industry is to, like you said, pack in as many clients Mm -hmm. as humanly possible. And I also think that a lot of us wrongly assume how our clients want to spend their money. So, oh, my clients would rather me double book and keep the prices down. Mm -hmm. But you don't know that, right? Like you can't assume. Um, I actually had a client and I've kind of been pondering. So I'm out of the salon for now. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but I do plan on going back just really, really part time. And so I've kind of consulted my, you know, a lot of my client base about what that would look like. And a lot of them are like, you know, I'm totally fine. Like if you, they're fine to drive, they're mm-hmm. fine to pay more. Um, but the one thing that they really want is a safe um, private space. Right. So, and it's interesting because they use words like escape and, you know, like luxury and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a real opportunity here to, like you said, kind of, look at where you are, reevaluate the way that you're running your business and create something that maybe your 
maybe some of your clients don't even know they need, you know? Yes. Oh my goodness. Such a great point. And I think that it is really doing, of course, you have to do what is best for you in your business, but also listening to your clients and their needs. And it is a lot of times, and I talk a lot about self-assessment, you have to take a step back and say, what am I doing great? And what do I need to work on in this business? And, you know, it could be on, you know, maybe gaining feedback from your clients just to hear what is important to them. And yes, do people want to be squeezed in at times because they waited to the last minute to get their appointment? Absolutely. But the majority of clients want to feel pampered. They want to feel like they're number one. They want to feel like they're special. And Mm -hmm. They will pay for that as long as they feel that the value of the service is equal to the dollar amount that they spend. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Well, and I mean, you can apply that to anything, right? Like when you make a purchase, either you feel it doesn't necessarily matter the amount of that purchase. Like I've spent a small amount of money and felt like it was, you know, a waste of money or a rip off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've spelt, spent a large amount of money and felt like, okay, that was a thousand percent worth every dollar. So right. it doesn't matter about the amount necessarily. What matters is like you said, the value of that service. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. And it's constantly so. upping the game on it too. Mm-hmm. You know, every couple, every year or two thinking about new ways that you could add value for your guests. And it could be something so small, you know, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it could be something like even an extra long scalp massage like that. I I know that some clients like feel like that would be the most amazing thing, like the option to add that on or a salon that I used to work at. We used to do hand massages while clients were Mm -hmm. processing. Yes. And that was at a time where it was before balayage. I feel like it used to be a lot easier to double book, honestly, because of the types of services we used to do. Right. Um, yeah. Even when I first got into the industry, like toners weren't even that big. <laughs> it was like <laughs> you lifted it super, super white. And sometimes we used purple shampoo and sometimes <laughs> we did not. <laughs> so, um, but now it's so much more complicated. Like we do like baby lights, we do balayage, we do glazes, we do root melts, we do treatments, we do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of um, people who've been in the industry for a long time struggle with changing the prices and changing the way that we book, even though we're doing completely different services than we were doing 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so. it all goes back to what you said before, like we can't spend our clients' money. You know, we can't just assume that they don't want to pay for that or they can't pay for that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to run your business and and base your pricing on facts and not fear. And and that's obviously what I teach to is really get people to understand their pricing factual that's factual based. So when they show up to their client and they are behind the chair and the client says, well, I really can't afford that today. They have all the tools that they need to go into providing options as opposed to just going to that discount zone, right? Where we're like, okay, Judy, can't afford that today. So you can't do 200. Okay, don't worry. I'll do it for 150. Instead of going there, which we've all lived there and I've been there too. um, Mm -hmm. I think stylists are becoming more savvy in the way that they're like, wait a minute. My time, the product I'm using, of course, you know, incorporating demographic, you know, everything that's going into this 
in terms of my pricing, if I know all of the facts, I have no problem saying, oh my God, you can't afford the 200. I totally get that. Let's go from a full highlight to a partial highlight today. And it's going to be 175 or 150. Does that sound better? And you show them the photo and you go through the whole thing, but you're armed with knowledge. So it does, it makes it less scary. Yeah, it's and now there are tools out there too to make it a little bit easier for people to figure it out because I think a lot of the time if you're not um if you're not taking any sort of business education, a lot of the time pricing comes down to like a guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this feels yeah. right. This is this is kind of what I think it should be. Um whereas now there's people like yourself who are teaching how to calculate how you should be charging and then there's tools to calculate your product cost and mm-hmm. all of these things that you know were of I mean you could have figured that out before but it was more it wasn't as accessible like now an independent stylist can just as easily access this information as a seven figure salon owner Absolutely. And yes. And I think now more than ever too, hairstylists are paying so much more to business education and paying more to the business side of the industry, as opposed to just the technical side. You know, um, there is so much more opportunity in understand and loving knowing your numbers. Of course, you have to do great hair and you have to keep up on your education. Technically, that is incredibly important. But for so long, we have forgotten to nurture the business side, which is the profit and loss statements and the numbers and the pricing calculations and budgeting percentages and KPIs. And so I think with COVID, you know, it's been so horrible, right? There's been so many things that have gone on during COVID. It's been so tough, but I Mm -hmm. also believe that there has been such great things that have come from COVID because it's allowed people to step back and have the time to reassess their business and really dive in and challenge themselves in a way that they would never have before, you know, like diving into their numbers. It's not fun. It's scary. I was scared Mm -hmm. too. I mean, I used to screw up my numbers all the time when I first got into business, you know, for myself. And I had mentors that had 200 salons, you know, (laughs) mistakes. And so I think now is the time to really say, you know what, this is scary. I don't know anything about my numbers, but I'm going to reach out to whether it's me or somebody else, a coach that, you know, or you or somebody that makes you feel comfortable and say, I don't know how to do this, but I'm what I'm ready and willing to learn. Like that's where the magic happens. Yes. Oh, that's so true. And I always say that like we as hairstylists are so comfortable constantly learning technique yet when it comes to the business side the marketing side the branding side for whatever reason we just expect to know how to do it like we put the pressure on ourselves like oh I should know how to be amazing at Instagram I should know how to run my business but it's not it's something that is going to be difficult and overwhelming until you learn it and then Mm -hmm. the overwhelm goes away right Mm -hmm. for sure a little bit (laughs) yes it does it does go away sometimes it's still you know of course overwhelming but i think you're so right you kind of have to just say it's like doing a new haircut you know and i always reference this point with one of my stylists that came in brand new to me out of school and she hated doing bobs and she hated it and she steered clear of it and she didn't want to do it i'm like listen the only way you're going to get good at it is when you do it 
time and time again, and you make mistakes or discoveries and you fix it. Like that's the way that you're going to learn. And I'm going to tell you right now that one day you're going to be so amazing at Bob's and you're going to love them. And just recently, I'd say like the past year, she's been really just creating these beautiful bobs. And I'm like, hey, remember when you were so upset and crying <laughs> of these bobs and you hated them? It's the same thing with numbers. But with numbers, it there isn't a college for hairstylists to go to to learn how to understand what a profit and loss statement means or to understand what their KPIs and benchmarks should be yeah. every single month. There isn't a school for that. And so that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people who've already kind of gone through it with the experience of living through it mm-hmm. that can really help you feel comfortable and be okay. like, it's okay. If you don't know, it's okay. If you screw up, the only way you're going to learn is if you dive in, you get in there, you make those discoveries and you keep it moving. Absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of the fact that there are people getting into coaching in this business because I know for myself and in my business, hiring a coach was the single best decision that I ever made. Um, Mm -hmm. Just having someone, because I think sometimes when you're going through like your business, it can be a little bit isolating, whether you're a salon owner, independent stylist, whatever it is. Um, It can definitely feel a little like lonely and overwhelming. And you're like, oh, like, why am I so bad at this? So having a coach to be like, hey, I didn't used to be good at this either. And like, helping you kind of get there and get through it is just so, so it's a game changer. 100%. I'm so on board with that. I love it. So what is next for you? What do you have coming up this next um, little bit here? Oh my goodness. So, you know, this whole year has completely shifted for me, just like for everybody else. You know, I had all of these um, really awesome speaking engagements and hair shows and things that I first time, you know, this would have been my first time doing it. Everything is canceled, um, which is all good, right? Because I always feel like there's a reason for it. You know, maybe I... I could prepare more and become, you know, better, obviously, at what I'm doing and just keep educating myself. And so I think, you know, what's to come, you know, I'm really working on rebranding and really doing some cool things. I actually hired on a company to help me do that because that's not my strength. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back out there and doing in-person education, maybe second quarter of 2021, if it's possible. Uh, I really, really miss the in-person camaraderie and like hugging people and spending, watching them grow throughout the day and become more confident. So I'm really looking forward to more of that and just really like streamlining my courses. And, you know, I have two courses that are my signature courses and they're going to be relaunching again in January and just really reaching those people who are so ready to dive into all aspects of their business, including, you know, personal growth and personal development. So, Mm -hmm. and of course with our own podcast, you know, I have my podcast with Jay, no stylist left behind, and we just want to keep having really cool guests that we've been so blessed to have awesome guests on our podcast too. So I think just kind of working through all of that and streamlining and tweaking and educating myself and keeping my fingers crossed for 2021 that I can get back out there and see you guys in person. I love that. Um, Yeah, your podcast is great too. I think it's so cool that there's so much out there for people in the industry to, to, you know, get that content and get that like personal development, even on their drive to work. I'm obsessed with podcasts. So (laughs) 
I love it. Um, so one thing I always ask people on the podcast is if you had to give one piece of advice to a hairstylist or beauty professional that is determined to rise in their career and in their life, what would that one piece of advice be? Oh my goodness. Just one piece. (laughs) Putting you on the spot. (laughs) Oh my goodness. One piece of advice. The first thing that I always try to go with the first thing that pops in my mind, and that is to keep showing up for yourself. Like that just popped in my mind. And I think because of what we're going through right now is that just keep showing up for you. Don't ever forget your why and why you started. And if you do, it's okay. Revisit that, rediscover that why and always live by that. And you can't disappoint yourself if you continue to show up for yourself and really just keep pushing through. I think this year has been really all about adapting to our scenarios and situation situations and really kind of ma- making those pivots. You know, yeah. we've kind of had to be like dodging around. And I think <laughs> that, you know, with that and knowing that you can get through this, you can get through anything So just keep showing up for yourself and really believe in yourself, your craft and your talent. And uh, yeah, just keep pushing through. That would be my one piece of advice. I love that. And I think uh, like I couldn't agree more with what you just said. And I think um, I just want to touch on something you just mentioned. The fact that this year has been so difficult, it's it it has been a little bit freeing in a way Mm -hmm. because it's taken away that like security illusion. So now it's like, we can really kind of reassess and do do what you're drawn to and do what you're called to do because, you know, anything can get taken away. So there's almost less to lose now, I feel. Mm, yes. Oh, my goodness. So, so true. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast so much, Nina. I know your time is extremely valuable. You're doing some amazing things. And I think that you gave my listeners so much to think about and to take action on today. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.